Welcome to The Light of the World. This is Jerry G. Martin. There are things happening all around us that's causing us concern that will cause us to be in despair if we're not careful. There are a couple of things we're going to share with you over the next few days. First of all, God cares for you. No matter what you're going through, God loves you and God cares for you. Secondly, there is an adversary. Peter says he is the devil who wants to kill, steal, and destroy everything God wants to place in your life. I invite you to join us as we go through these messages to encourage you, not only that God cares for you, but how to stand firm in your faith as you resist the enemy's strategies to try to defeat you. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's word. See, we can't keep our little cares for ourselves because they then will become big cares. And each time a new burden arises, we must by faith remind the Lord and ourselves that we've already turned that over to him. Lord, I've already given that to you. Lord, I've given that to you. I'm giving this to you. I'm giving this to you. And you have to consciously release those cares to the Lord. You have to release those cares to the Lord. It's going to wear you down. Oh, you're talking about the fiery darts of the enemy. He'll shoot a fiery dart of a thought to your mind, but you're not going to make it. Then you start saying, oh, Lord, I don't think I'm going to make it. Then you start making plans for not making it. So you're operating in fear. See, fear is the opposite of faith. Faith is, I believe what God says so much, I'm going to start acting on what he said. Fear is the opposite. I believe fear so much, I'll start acting on that fear, even though nothing has happened. See, if anybody knew from experience that God cares for his own, it's Peter. Now, Peter says, cast your cares upon the Lord. And the question is why? You know, and he answers that. Because he cares for you. Think about that for a second. He cares for you. Out of the billions of people in the world, he knows your name. He knows your address. He knows where you are at this very moment, just physically, emotionally, in your circumstance, in your situation. He knows exactly where you are and what you're going through. And he says, I care about that. Come on, say it one time again. He cares for me. That means you have a personal God that has a personal relationship with you that knows exactly what's going on in your life, and he cares about it. Peter says he cares. How does Peter know? Peter knows uh, that Jesus cared because Peter was there when Jesus healed his mother-in-law. He walked in that room and healed her. Peter says he cares. When Peter was out there trying to fish in the middle of the night and didn't catch anything, Jesus got on his boat and said, toss your net to the other side and brought in a huge catch of fish. Peter said, Jesus care. When the tax collector came to them, Jesus and Peter, and said, where's your taxes? You need to pay. And they didn't have any money. And Jesus told Peter, said, get a fish out of the water here and shake him upside down. Open his mouth and shake him. And that money came out. I said, go pay the tax with that. Peter said, you know, he cares about that. He can, he can make this thing work. I've been shaking fish all my life, and I ain't never found no money. Peter has an experience with God. Now listen, how many of you had already an experience with God from the past? 
Now, why is it then when we go to the present that we get so disturbed and distressed when God has already showed himself what he can do in the past? Peter knew about this power of the Lord Jesus Christ and how he's able to help because Jesus called him out of the boat and Peter walked on the water. Peter says, I know what he can do. Peter said, he even delivered me from prison when I was in the middle of a prison. The angels came and just took the chains right off of me, and we walked right out of that prison into the street. Peter had an experience with God, and he says, don't be anxious about anything. Cast all of your cares upon him because he cares. Uh, You may feel like he doesn't care. You may feel like he's not listening. You may feel like he's not looking. You may feel like he's not hearing you when you're in the middle of your storm. But I want you to know that he's listening and he cares. Peter said, cast your cares upon him. That word cast has the connotation of making a deposit of your care with him. It refers to a direct deposit today if we were doing this. Just send it on to him. Deposit your cares with him. It is a once and for all committal of God of all that that will give us concern. You are committing that to God. You are giving it to him. You made that deposit. It's not in your hands anymore. When you go to the bank and make a deposit, that cash is not in your hand. It still belongs to you, but somebody else has got it. God has your issues when you deposit it with him. Give it to me. Let me take care of it. Here's what the psalmist says, and actually Peter was quoting the psalmist in Psalm 55, 22, when he said, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. Come on, how many people says I'm part of the righteous? Come on, if you're righteous, you got to know who you are. He says he'll never let the righteous fall. He'll never let the righteous fall. We're not going to fall. You may, you may have some issues, but everything is looking good. God works everything out according to his will and purpose, and all things work together. Not all things are good, but they work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Even when bad things happen, he can work it out for your good. Lord, I'm looking for the blessing in this. I'm looking for your purpose in this. I'm looking for your grace in this. I'm looking for it right now when these bad things happen. And sometimes I I, I look around when people are going through tremendous, tremendous issues and trials. And as they uh, release to God, there are problems how God can take those things and work it out and get some glory out of it. So, God, how can you get glory out of this? How can you get glory out of my response? How can you get glory out of what's going on around me? Let me look for how you want to work it out in this situation. Because many of you, if you can work your issues out, you wouldn't have any. Let me say that one more time. If you could work your issues out, you wouldn't have any. You got issues? Well, you can't work them out. That's why you got them. So, do something with them. Hand them over to the Lord. Say, Lord, you work on that. Let me work on what you want me to work on. Here's how God is. God said, I got some things I want you to work on. I don't know why you're not working on those. I know why you're not working, actually, because you're working on all the stuff that I should be working on for you. 
That's why you're not working on the stuff I want you to work on. See, I'm going to see God gives us things that we can do, and He takes the things that only He can do. So you got to figure out what is it that you can do and what is it that God needs to do. There are some things that you're never going to get fixed because only God can fix it. So give it to Him. You got some children that's got issues, you can't fix it. Give them over to God. Let God work on them. Let tell God to work on them. Your part is to pray. God's part is to work. Here's what Paul said to the church in Philippi, Philippians 4, 5. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Don't be anxious about anything or don't be anxious about nothing. But in everything, he says, this is your response, with prayer and petition and thanksgiving. I know you got some issues, but pray and ask God with thanksgiving, knowing that he knows how to work it out. Present your request to God, and then he tells you something's going to happen. And the peace of God, what do you need in the middle of a storm? The peace of God, which transcend or surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. God says, I'm sending my peace to guard your heart and to guard your mind so you can relax. Right in the middle of a storm when everybody else is falling apart, everybody else is frantic, and folks are even looking at you wondering what's wrong with you because you're so relaxed. You have peace in the middle of a storm. The peace of God is amazing. We're then told we should cast all of our cares on the Lord because He cares for us. How does God show His love and care for us when we give our cares to Him? Let me just share with you four things that He does. Number one, he gives us the courage to face our cares honestly and not just run away from them. Isaiah 41.10 says, so do not fear for I am with you. Fear not for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Okay, somebody need to just write that scripture down and so you can memorize that one when you're going through something. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I am your God. Who's, who's saying that I am your God? The almighty God, the, the creator of the universe, the God who have all power, the God who's all-knowing, the God who's omniscient, the God who's omnipotent, the God who can see all, the God knows the end from the beginning. He says, I am your God. I have the power to do whatever I want to do, whatever I need to do, whatever I need to do it. I can make it happen. I am your God, so don't be scared. Fear not, because not only am I your God, I am with you. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I'm going to uphold you in my right hand. He said, cast your cares upon me. I can make it happen. Secondly, he gives us the wisdom to understand the situation. In the book of James, though, he writes, if anyone lack wisdom, let him ask God. So say, Lord, what should I do right now in this circumstance? What should I do right now in my circumstance? 
What should I do? Where should I stand? What should my thoughts be? What should my position be? Years ago, when we were trying to buy this property, we had gone through all kinds of um, uh, changes. The property changed hands. There were all kinds of issues. The owner uh, made an agreement with us, although it wasn't a legal agreement, but verbally, that if we would uh, do a few things, he would sell us this property. And then by the time we got back to him, he decided not to sell it to us. And he gave us a price and you know, we were holding firm to that. And I remember one day I was reading, actually, in the book of Lamentations, I was reading one morning, Great is Thy Faithfulness. That's where that passage is. And I got a phone call from our broker and said that the owner of the property had decided he wasn't going to sell it to us for what we're asking for. You know, he wanted $117,000 for this property. And I said, no, he told us he's going to give it to us for 100000 Now, I'm arguing over $17,000 on 27 acres. I said, no, he said 100000 so I'm not buying it for less than 100000 because he said that. Then he said, okay, he's not selling it to you. I said, okay. And I went back and I continued to read. And in that passage, it says, blessed is the one whose hope is in the Lord. And I just started rejoicing. The Lord, I had the burden. I said, Lord, you're in charge of the whole thing. You've been in charge of the whole thing for the whole time. Because if I was in charge, I wouldn't be in this fix. Because I'm tired. Don't you get tired sometime of being in the same situation? Well, it, it had been uh, two, almost three years of us going through this thing, believing God, standing in faith, fasting, praying, walking. There are people in here right now that stood on the corners of these properties. We, we set them on each corner. Let's stand, let's believe God, let's declare, let's say, let's do all we know how to do. And it's still, we still didn't have anything. I passed by on Sunday mornings. I didn't have to come this way to go to the hotel, but I did. So I can just stretch my hands over this property. Father, I just thank you for uh, providing this property to us. But now he's saying he's not going to sell it. And I said, Lord, listen, that's in your hands. I, don't, I, can't, I ain't going to worry about that. That's out of my pay grade. Uh, you handle it. I'm just going to go on and rejoice. And it was just a few weeks later that we got another call. Uh, I don't know how many weeks later, six or seven weeks later, another call that says the senior partner said that if we want that property for $100,000, we can have it. There you go, Lord, get them. <laughs> you don't know who they were messing with. We rejoiced. We shouted out here on this dirt ground. We pitched a tent and we shouted. During that time, as soon as we closed the deal, I went and introduced myself to our neighbors in that red house right there. And they were there, and they said, you know, we had called a number on that sign here just the last few weeks and inquired about buying this property, and, and we were told that it was tied up. And they didn't know who had it tied up. We were getting ready to offer $300,000 for it. I said to myself, God had it tied up. Just let God work the things out, right? Just let him do what he does, will you? He said, cast your cares upon me. I'm talking to somebody today. You got some issues. You got something that you didn't think you were going to have to deal with. Others have some things you've been dealing with for a long time, and you haven't got it resolved yet. He said, take that care and deposit it with God. Say, Lord, listen, you take this. I can't make it work. 
You got an unsaved loved one you've been praying for and trying to talk him into salvation for 12 years. It ain't working. You know, I, I was unsaved and I would, I would go over to my parents' house. Mother would say, so how was church Sunday? I said, now you know I didn't go to church. So I got to the point where I said, listen, let me just tell y'all something. I just want to come and visit my family. And if every time I come over here, I got to get the third degree about going to church and all that stuff like that, I ain't coming no more. That's why you hear us say, ooh, I've been praying for that boy. <laughs> now, I didn't come over here for all that. I know all of that. So if you don't want my company without that, then I ain't coming. So they couldn't talk me into getting saved. I grew up in a house that they were talking about that all the time, but she, said, but she didn't, never stopped praying for me and giving me over to the Lord. And the Lord did the work. Let the Lord do what He does. He gives us wisdom to understand the situation. Now, thirdly, He gives us the strength to do what we must do in the middle of that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He gives you the strength to make it through those tough times. I can do this through Christ. It's tough. It's challenging. But God, you will help me to make it through this tough time. And lastly, he'll give us the faith to trust him to do the rest. That's where faith comes. Faith is trusting God to do what he said he can do. That's where faith comes. You don't need a supernatural faith. You don't need to pray for more faith. You don't need the faith to move the mountains like that. You need the faith just to believe that whatever God said He's going to do, that's what He's going to do. And faith is trusting. Faith is releasing. You want to exercise your faith? You want to be a great person of faith? Say to the Lord, God, I'm giving this to you. I've been doing it. I've been working it. I've been trying to make it work for years. I am giving it to you. I just need to hear from you what my part is. Tell me what my part in this is, and I'm going to let you do your part. Now, we do have a part. A part is praising and trusting and praying. Some people give God their burdens and expect Him to do everything, but we do have a part. It's important that we let Him work in us as well as let Him work for us. Because he's working in us to accomplish something while we're going through our trials. He wants us to be prepared when the answer comes. He wants us to be right when the answer comes. He wants to have the right response, the right heart, the right attitude. We know that God had worked it out for us. When we bought this property, everybody came into agreement that we know that it was God's miracle power that did it. It wasn't nothing the pastor could do because I couldn't do anything. Well, I thought I was a strategic planner. I thought I was a good business person. I could make this happen and all of this like that. Couldn't do it. Everybody know that God did it. God wants testimony out of our trials. God wants to get the glory out of the things that are going on around us. You will have a testimony that nobody can ever take from you. Twenty years later, we're still saying, God did it. You'll have a stone of remembrance that you can put in your family and in your home saying, look at what God has done. I want to read this passage that summarizes everything I've talked about. And Jesus spoke it in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 26. It's a lengthy passage, but I just want to read it. Jesus was preaching, 
He'd already talked about the Lord's Prayer, we call the Lord's Prayer. He talked about fasting. He talked about prayer. He talked about giving. He talked about family. He talked about forgiving. He's talked about all of these things, and he started closing it out with this in verse 26 of Matthew chapter 6. He said, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubic to his statue? Why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They need to toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. Now that's when Jesus said, you don't have faith to even know that I'm going to take care of you? Therefore, do not worry. This is what Jesus is saying. Do not worry. So if you're worrying, you're disobedient to the Word of God. If you are bogged down with worry, now worry don't mean, worry is not having a thought about it and thinking about something that you're concerned about. Worrying is you sitting up and uh, going over and over and over and over and over in your mind about how bad things are and how they're never going to get any better and you don't know what to do and now you got all these issues. That's worry. He said, don't worry about what we shall eat or what we shall drink or when Papa's is going to reopen, what we shall wear. After all these things, the Greeks or the Gentiles seek. That's the unbelievers. He called the Gentiles. They worry. He said the unbelievers need to worry. That's what they do. They worry after these things. He said, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. God knows you need these things. He knows you need uh, uh, food and clothing and care. God knows what you need. He already got that. I know you need that. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things is going to be added to you. I know you need these things. That's not a problem. I have these things. I know you need these things. But what I'm trying to get you to do is to reorient yourself, your understanding, your mind so that can I get a little help from you? Can I use you a little bit in my own agenda? Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. I certainly hope you enjoyed today's broadcast as we have brought you a message to encourage you first that God cares for you and to encourage you to stand strong and resist the enemy. Peter says, your enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And God has strengthened every believer to have the power to resist the devil. The Bible says if we would submit ourselves unto God, we can resist the devil and he will flee from us. I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to know that God is able to see you through it because God cares for you. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, 
go to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can listen to today's message as well as previous messages broadcast on this station. I want to take a moment to invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. Pastor Jackie Martin is in a tremendous series right now, and you're going to be blessed by the Word of God. You may have habits and hurts and hang-ups and need God to do something significant in your life. Join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. We're at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you need someone to stand with you in prayer, you can call our prayer line number right now at 281-964-1393. 281-964-1393. Contact the Beacon Bookstore on our campus for all of your Bibles and church supplies. Call 281 441 Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.